Welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group Limited. In this podcast, we are focused on helping businesses set up and manage their group benefit plan to protect and assist their most valuable assets. Join us on this journey where Lauren explores ways to help you develop effective and cost-efficient strategies for your business. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge with Lauren Curry. Good afternoon, Lauren. How are you? I'm great, Eric. Just excited to be here. Me too, because we're talking about taxes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the way to start off any podcast, but I know that business owners are definitely going to be listening to this because you're talking about tax efficiency within group plans, correct? That is correct. We don't want to pay any more than we have to. No, we don't. Absolutely not. All right. So where do we start with this? I mean, it's, it's... it's on people's minds. Taxes are always a concern for any business owner. And I know that you're in the business of helping them save on those taxes. So where do you start with, with companies? Well, I, I think the very first thing is we should talk about what can you give your employees without paying any tax? Okay. All right. right. Uh, we know if we pay them their salary, then uh, there's tax on that. The mm-hmm. employee's going to have to pay. But if you provide them with your extended health care, your dental or a healthcare spending account, then the employee does not have to pay tax on any of those benefits. Okay, that, I mean, that's a huge benefit to the employee and that will obviously translate into you know, better options for getting employees when you have a, a good plan like this. Is there any other benefit to the, the employer themselves? Just like the employee, the employer has to pay employment insurance, mm-hmm. CPP, possibly health tax here in Ontario on any money that they pay out in, in cash or salary or even a bonus. Okay. So the employee is, is saving the tax, the EI and the Canada pension plan where the employer is saving employment insurance, Canada pension plan, workers' compensation costs. You know, these are all things that I don't think most employers really take into account when they're thinking about setting the plan up or how it's going to be funded. What size business? On the last podcast, you really covered kind of the, um, the three funding models for group plans, and those were split up by kind of business sizes. Are there specific sizes that the businesses have to be to benefit from these tax savings? Absolutely not. Everybody can benefit from tax savings. True. Some might be larger, <laughs> some might be smaller, but there's still tax savings to be had. All right. All right. Do you, do you have any numbers for us? I mean, I, that, that's a very vague question, but let's say there's a company that has 50 employees. You're looking at what the company could save in taxes and or the employees. Do you have any figures? And I, I got a bit of an example here. So All right. a, a lot of companies, they will have their employees pay 50% of the cost, say, of these benefits. Well, health and dental, healthcare spending account, the employer has to pay that. Mm-hmm. But health and dental, they set it up and the employee is responsible for half of that cost. As an example, if we have an employee that makes $50,000 a year, okay, we'll use that. Then we have a, a health and dental plan and let's say that that costs $3,600 per year. If the employee is paying half of this, then we know that based on $1,800 per year, the employee has to pay tax 
EICPP, all that stuff, mm-hmm. which is, is probably going to cost the employee, you know, ballpark number $660. The employer is going to be paying, you know, EI, CPP, workers' comp, and possibly employer health tax. The taxation on their half of that is going to be about $200. Hmm. But if the employer were to take and pay 100% of this cost, and I know that sounds like, oh, that's going to cost me more money, but in tax savings and, and other expenses, you're probably going to save well over $800 per year. So there's got to be a way to work with the employees just to make this more efficient because the employer or the employee, neither one are benefiting from this. We're all paying extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that raises a lot of questions. <laughs> it, yes. And, and again, the numbers, they're not really important because, you know, we have people making all different incomes. So mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. the higher the income, the, the higher the tax bracket. So that's going to be, you know, if, if you got somebody making $30,000, it's not going to be as big a, a number as I just said. Yeah. But if you got somebody making 100000 it's going to be a lot more. We, we have to take that into consideration. So the way I view benefits is this is part of the compensation for your employees, mm-hmm. right? It, it's all one part of the package. We use benefits to attract and retain good employees and therefore this is part of their compensation. If you are in a situation where you have got your employees paying 50 or 40 or whatever percent of these benefit plans, then either the next time that the employees are hopefully going to get an increase, and I realize with COVID right now, you know, maybe this isn't on the table, but this is something that we work with or work on over time, mm-hmm. is how do we move towards that more efficient plan? Some people get bonuses. Perhaps instead of the bonus for this year, maybe you know, we use that to start off with a bigger amount towards benefits. You have to be careful because we don't want the employees to view that we're taking something away. Mm-hmm. We just need them to understand that we just need to restructure how it's being paid so that they, at the end, are going to actually have more money in their pocket. Yeah. And I think that if, if it's explained well and the employees are part of this process, instead of just being told, hey, this is what's happening, then you'll get that buy-in and, again, Employee retention is such a big thing, especially right now. I, I think that that's it's a huge thing. Yeah, I can't imagine an employee being frustrated or upset by having more money in their pocket at the end of the year. Well, that's that's what our goal is, right? Is for everybody to have more in their pocket and less going off to tax and other stuff like that. Yeah. Each year, uh, just as an, I'll just use another example. So. Quite often, we will see increasing costs to your benefits over the years. Drugs mm-hmm. get more expensive. Everything gets more expensive. So we're not living in a, a world where we think this stuff's going to get less expensive every year. It's pretty reasonable to expect an increase. If at the end, if the year end for your benefits, we come to renewal time and we now, let's just say there's going to be a 10% increase in the cost of the benefit program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just use a nice round number. In my opinion, which is not maybe everybody's, but this is the way I view it, is if I'm going to give that employee, say, a $1 per hour raise, but I know my benefit costs have gone up 10%, then 10% of that raise should be used to pay for benefits. The other 90% is going to go to the employee in 
cash, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, 10 cents an hour used to go to the help pay for that benefit program because we know it increases and the actual not, you know, 90 cent raise to their cash portion or salary of their paycheck. So that way the employer's never falling behind, mm-hmm. right? Paying bigger and bigger amounts. Um, again, cause it is all part of that one remuneration package for the employees. Yeah. Well, that makes a ton of sense. Now, now you started off this conversation, you know, talking about things that you can pay your employee without being taxed, right? Yes. Are there benefits that are taxable? Yes, there are. Here in Ontario, if the life insurance, the accidental death and dismemberment, the dependent group life, and if you have critical illness insurance on your plan, if the employer is paid the premiums for those benefits, then on their T4 slips, there's a box there for taxable benefits. The amount that the employer paid for that, those benefits is going to have to go in that box. So the employee would end up paying tax Mm. as if they had received that money. So in my office that my employees, they pay those things. I'm frankly a lazy accountant and I don't want to track it. (laughs) Uh So they pay that portion and we don't have to track any of it. I'm not from my pre our previous uh, conversation. I'm not saying the employer should pay for everything. I'm just saying, if you're going to put money into the plan, make sure you're putting it into the benefits that you could give tax-free. Got it. All right. So let's go back. You said that the, the employer pays for it, correct? Well, I, and for these benefits, life, accidental death mm-hmm. and dismemberment, dependent group life and critical illness, my recommendation is that is the portion that I personally have my employees pay the, on their own. So there's a, a payroll deduction mm, okay. for those benefits and the cost of them. Got it. That, that makes sense. All right. All right, Lauren, Lauren you, you mentioned a lot of different things, life and, and, and all that. But one thing I didn't hear about is long-term disability. And that's, that's something that I think every employer has to think about. How does that work? Okay, so long-term disability, in most cases, the employees are paying that portion of the premium. And the reason for that is if someone is to make a claim in the future, so let's say you know they're disabled and they're receiving $3,000 a month from their long-term disability program, mm-hmm. that $3,000 is not taxable income if the employee paid for that insurance in the first place. It's considered non-taxable. Okay. That doesn't mean that the employee has to pay it. That just means that if they do, it is non-taxable when they receive the benefit. If the employer decides that they want to pay that LTD benefit or premium, Mm -hmm. then if they make the claim, when that $3,000 a month comes to you, it is a taxable benefit. Got it. Oh, okay. That make, I mean, that makes sense because you didn't pay for it. So it's a benefit to you. You'd have to pay some taxes on it. That's correct. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, people might not like it, but <laughs> it makes sense well, to me. Yeah, it, it is what it is. We just need to understand we have options. Mm-hmm. We discuss those options and then the employer, you know, makes the decision of what route they want to go. What we run into is, unfortunately, sometimes employees say, oh, I'm, you know, I don't need the benefits. Yeah, right? I was going to ask I'm, you that. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get hurt. I won't mm-hmm. be disabled. I'm invincible. 
sometimes because we need to have everybody on the benefit plan. It, and another time we'll talk about what happens if they're not and what problems that can create. Mm-hmm. But in some employers instances, they just decide, you know what? Yeah, we're going to take this and consider it part of the remuneration, but we're just going to pay for it all so that we don't have to have those discussions. Because if you come to work here, we provide these with you. Yeah. It's part of your pay pay, but it, uh, it's, you know, there's no discussion on whether I want it or I don't want it. It is mandatory. An employer can say it's mandatory and they have to pay it if they want to work there is what you're saying. Correct. 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 Or the employer just pays it so they don't have to have that conversation. Correct. Yeah. No, but I was thinking about the employer that doesn't want to, you, you can't have somebody just say, well, I don't want to pay this, so I'm not going to. I mean, that wouldn't work out. I mean, I'm assuming there's some sort of recourse for the employer in that case. And I can't imagine an employee that goes into it eyes wide open would have an issue with it or, or after a year say, well, I quit. I'm not going to, I quit paying for this. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't, yeah, yeah. can't imagine no. that that would happen, but I mean, there's always that, that chance. And I guess it's the employer's responsibility at that point to make a decision, release the employee or start paying for it for everybody, which is, would be weird. Right. I don't know. That'd be tough. So different insurance companies. And it, again, depending on the size of your company, smaller plans, the insurance companies are going to say they are mandatory, meaning everybody that's eligible, mm-hmm. eligible would mean um, that they work X number of like say 20, 24 hours per week. You know, they're full time. They're not seasonable. If they're eligible for the plan and you only have 10 people on your plan, then the company's going to say it's mandatory. Everybody's there. Or else we ran, we run into anti-selection. Only the people that are going to put the big claims through pay in and the people that aren't using as much don't. And what happens is the claims are so high, it just blows the plan up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So larger companies, the insurance companies will give them some leeway. But my recommendation as an advisor is I would certainly draw the lines and say, if you want to work here, this is part of, part of your pay and mm-hmm. uh, it is a mandatory benefit. It's just protecting you as the employer Absolutely. and it's, it's protecting the, the employee, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm, I'm assuming that if you have life uh, as part of the, your plan and long-term disability, that when you hire a new employee, there's got to be some sort of health screen, correct? That they would have to go through? Actually, no. That's the wonderful thing about group benefits is up to certain limits, there is no evidence of insurability needed. Wow. Uh, now, okay. again, as if we get down to two employees, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to probably fill something out in most cases. But if you've got three or more employees as a general rule of thumb, then, you know, there would be limits, but up to those limits, there is no health questions. Hmm. All right. Well, that's, that's good. I like that. And then it's more attractive to people as well. I would think Yes. people don't like their privacy being invaded and that might, that might feel that way. Right. All right. What else do we need to cover today? Well, we've talked about uh, sharing the cost or, you know, in my recommendation or in my office, I, I have the, uh, the ladies here that are on the plan. They pay for the life, the accidental death and dismemberment, the dependent group life, the critical illness, and the long t- long-term disability benefit. That has to be reported, okay? And uh-huh. it's very important on your employee's pay stub, each of those deductions should be listed separately. Life is X number of dollars, 
AD&D is X number of uh -huh. dollars, et cetera, et cetera. So it has to be broken down and the purpose and the amount withheld has to be listed there. CRA is not going to be happy. You, you can't have payroll deductions applied retroactively uh, to specific benefits. That's just not going to satisfy CRA. When you say 100% coverage, 100% coverage of what? You said, why, why should business owners have 100% coverage? Okay, so in any healthcare, if my glasses, which is the example I'm going to use, are $600, your normal group, well, any group plan okay. here is not going to ensure, you couldn't have vision care cover $600, right? So there's got to be a way that we pay for this with corporate dollars, basically, is what we're going to do. Okay. All right. So I don't want any employer taking any money for healthcare out of their pocket because mm -hmm. it's far cheaper for the company to pay for it than them with after-tax dollars. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Okay. So Lauren, are there any other tax advantages that business owners should be thinking about? Yeah. My philosophy, Eric, is that any business owner should have 100% coverage through their, their company plan. And, and there's multiple ways we can cover that is with our health and our dental, like we've talked about, but then those plans don't cover everything. I'm going to use an example. I wear glasses. Mm -hmm. So my glasses, I think they were, let's call it $600. But in order for me to pay the optician $600 for my glasses, and I'm just going to use round numbers. If, mm -hmm. if a business owner is in a 50% tax bracket, in here in Ontario, um, the highest tax bracket is actually 53%. As an example, I would have to say make $1,200 of pre-tax income in order to pay that optrician the $600 to get my glasses. Does that mm. make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Okay. So why would, why would I want to do that? If I have the ability in, through different ways, so maybe I have vision care coverage up to even say $300 towards my glasses, I'm still $300 short. Mm -hmm. A lot of plans, especially smaller ones, they don't actually cover vision care, right? Yeah. But I can still, as the business owner, I can take the rest of that claim or all of that claim, depending on the situation, and I can run it through what we call a healthcare spending account, or a lot of plans we use cost plus programs. And all these are are ways for us to put these extra costs that are not covered in these specific plan designs. Mm -hmm. What happens is we submit the receipts for anything that's not covered. So even a plan, maybe 80% coverage we have, say for going for a massage therapist, I don't know. And let's just say for argument's sake, that costs a hundred dollars. So then again, we're $20 short, right? Plans only covering 80 mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm. So that $20, any of these little things that are, are expenses above what the plan covers, we are able to submit them through again, either through a what we call a cost plus program, or it could be a healthcare spending account, which we're going to talk about in another episode, more details on that. All right. But what happens is, it's basically, it's like a paper shuffle is the way I look at it is we are having that claim put through the corporation because it, it can be done tax-free, right? Okay. I, in the cost plus example, what happens is I submit the receipts for my claims with a check for the money, right? Mm -hmm. From the corporation. So it's going to be for the claims plus a little bit of admin fee 
and a little bit of tax. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're, they're, they're still going to be taxed, but it's not going to be 30, 40, 50%. Then what happens is the insurance company will say is going to turn around and reimburse me on a personal basis for that, whether it's $600 for my glasses or whatever the claim that went through. So the, the company were using corporate dollars to pay for the claim plus the expenses. And that is a business expense to the corporation, but we're not paying, I'm not paying income tax on that. The taxation, so a small business here is say 19% tax, I think uh, for small businesses, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a lot less than what's an individual business owner would be paying probably in uh, income tax. Got it. So my philosophy is as a business owner, part of the benefit of me taking the risk of being a business owner is I, there, there should be some perks to that. Mm-hmm. And one of it is I'm making sure that my mine and my family's healthcare coverage is a hundred percent done through my company. Yeah. Got it. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Are you saying that that's also the same for an employee? If an employee has, you know, if there's a cap on how much their coverage, they have to get those glasses using your your instance, is the company paying part of that straight away for the employee? I don't think you're going to see too many situations where an employee, the employee, the, sorry, the employer is going to want to just cover a hundred percent of something like this for, for an employee. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It might be, you may have uh, key employees, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, maybe a sales force or, or the executives of your company you know, you may set it up and this is where healthcare spending come into place where you could say, okay, you know, all executives get, you know, $2,000 a year in a health spending account to cover this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right now, without getting too far down the, the rabbit hole of healthcare spending accounts, cause we don't want to spoil the next episode, an employee, we, we do give these to employees as well. Generally, they're not going to be two or $3,000, most times they're 500 to a thousand dollars in most cases, but those, those can be used for this, this purpose as well. All right. Well, I look forward to that next podcast because it sounds like those are pretty flexible. So that'll be, that'll be a good, good conversation. All right. Any closing thoughts for today, Lauren? Uh, I just hope that uh, employers would keep an open mind. I I know most times when I talk to people, I, I don't think they really take seriously trying to take a long-term approach to it. It doesn't have to be done overnight, but you know what? You know, have your accounting department or your controller, your accountant, whatever, figure out how much are you or your employees paying in extra taxes, Mm. workers' compensation rates and everything else on this stuff. I believe there's savings here and it takes time, but I think it's well worth that time over, you know, a long period of time, you're going to end up saving money. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that you and your team have done this so often that you could help their controller or their department figure this stuff out. How do they get a hold of you so they can set that up? They can uh, either go online, currayfinancialgroup.com. You can contact contact us through there. We have a toll-free phone number, 1-866-445-4424. Just ask for Joan or myself, and we'd be more than happy to help you out with this stuff. Fantastic. Lauren, again, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Art. Thank you. You bet. And of course, last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. 
This way, when Lauren comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Curry Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.